Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast, episode 117, October 4th, and we think the last podcast of this NHL season. Yes, should be the last podcast of this season. Uh, the draft happens this week, or but early this week, so by the time we ended up talking about it, be old next week's podcast, old news. Mm-hmm. So we thought, okay, well, let's just make this one the last uh, podcast, and then we'll make individual videos sometime this week um, about those topics, like free agency, like the draft, whatever. So this will be the official last podcast of this NHL season. Kind of sad, kind of glad. Yeah, it's good and bad in a way. There are changes that we need to make here, yep. uh, aesthetically and production-wise as yep. well. So it's I'm kind of glad that it stopped so we can kind of focus on those things. We do need to do some upgrades and... Uh, yeah, we, we, we get into that at the end. Yeah, that's kind of we'll, conversation we'll, for the We'll end. recap with that. Yeah. Or end with that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, guess what? What's up? Guess who I made a video with yesterday? Who? That's releasing today. The GOAT. Oh. Mm-hmm. How'd you do that? Uh, Discord. He called, he video called Ooh. me on Discord, and then I set up a little thing. Uh, not hockey related, but we did do a video. I took a DNA test. Oh, snap. To see if he is my father. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> you are not the father. That would really be awkward. That would be awkward. Uh, no, to see if, because he's taken a DNA test and my mom has taken a DNA test. So they have all their statistics on which ethnicities they are. Like, mm-hmm. dad is 51% Scottish or whatever it is. It's not that number, but it's something yeah. like that. He knows the breakdown. So based on her numbers and his numbers, the he can create an average, which are my numbers. That's not exactly how it works, though. I don't get 50% of each. Yeah. Like, I might get some of something and some of something. So uh, he's done the math to create my averages, but I've taken a DNA test. I did that on camera. Well, technically, I didn't do it on camera. We talked about it uh, on camera. And then I took the test afterwards, and I'm going to mail it away tomorrow. So we're going to see how close his math is and just see see what I got and what I didn't get. Mm-hmm. So That's cool. Uh, that video is releasing today on, on my channel, the Productions channel, if you're interested. Cool. Or may have already been released by the time you see this, but yeah. We'll go look for it. <laughs> go look for it. <laughs> so, hockey is over. It is done. Um, let's talk about the, the final game. The big news. I kind of talked to you about this slightly, but I thought the game was a dud. It was a bit. It of was a not a good final game for the Stanley Cup final. Nah, I was kind of hoping it would go to overtime and just be like exciting, but it just didn't seem like Dallas. No, wanted it as much as they should have for a team that was two games away and they had to win to survive. Yeah, I think they were battling with a lot of injuries. Some some of that news we has, know that now has yeah. come out. Uh, they look tired as well. Yeah, and they look outclassed. I mean, they were. They were punching above their above their weight class, I think. They totally a were. Bit. So, uh, like, I feel bad for them, but at the same time, I didn't really expect them to win versus Tampa. So, I think the right team won, even though that's not the team I was cheering for. The right team won. Really good players on the mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Lightning team that deserve a cup. Super deserve. Yep, great to see. Yep. Uh, so, even though I don't like Tampa, I'm really happy with the way that this year ended with them winning. Because I would have said that last year, they should have won the cup and we all know what happened. So I'm glad they redeemed themselves. Like that's you go out in four games against a team that has no business winning one game against you. Yep. You were one of the best regular season teams in the history of the NHL. And you lose that way to come back the next year and redeem yourselves and win the Stanley cup is massive. Like I had massive props. Most teams don't do that. Mm -hmm. When most teams get upset, they don't come back the next year and win the cup. Mm-hmm. It's just not something that happens for whatever reason. Tampa did it. So that's awesome. Yep. Good on Tampa. 
Um, what did you think of the celebration after? Awkward. Yeah. It felt so I liked that they did the group photo. Yes. I thought that was super cool before they handed it out. I thought it was super weird that Gary Bettman didn't get booed. I thought they'd have a boo track on there just, just for a joke. It would have been super funny if they would have. It would have. Um, but I did like that group picture. But then when they were skating around with the cup, it was a little awkward, but they were still super jacked to win it. You could tell. Oh, yeah, totally. But it's just not the same as when you're skating around holding a thing, showing it off to literally yeah. nobody. Did you see the guys in the background with the flag? <laughs> yeah, they're just like, who are they waving that for? I don't know. Like, how do you get that job? Here, hold this flag and just go like this. Yeah, it was, it was strange. It would have been actually really cool. Uh, I used to hate Gary Bettman. I've really come to around around to, to liking Gary Bettman. He's in our studio. That's right. Uh, it would have been amazing if he had have initiated the, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, like made it, a joke it, of it. It made a joke of it, and he yeah. was the one who propelled that boot track to be in there. That would have been really cool. Unfortunately, he didn't do that, but still. Maybe um, he was feeling the bubble, too, and he was also like, let's get the frig out of here. Probably. I think they all were. Yeah. So, And obviously, we'll talk about that here pretty soon. But, yeah, it's... Like, the players seemed as excited, like you said, mm -hmm. but it just didn't feel right. Yeah. Like, they were excited for themselves and their teammates, but they didn't have that extra, like, yeah, I'm in front of my dudes or whatever. And Yeah. Like, even when you win the cup in front of an enemy team's fan base, they still give you props. Yes, totally. And there's just nothing. Yeah, the fans don't leave. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're not <laughs> like, okay, we lost, we're out, and yeah. the building empties out, and they're, yeah, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, nope. so it's definitely awkward, but... I'm hoping that this is the last time we have to experience anything like that. Totally. So, fingers crossed. Okay, so let's... We, we kind of hinted at it last podcast. Let's do our bubble recap of our playoffs, of what we thought. Mm, there's been some, like, really unpredictable things that have happened, some really cool things that have happened. What would you say was the biggest unpredictable for you? Or biggest um, biggest thing that happened that surprised you? The biggest thing that happened that surprised me. Do you know what I think mine is? And I don't know if this is the biggest, but this is what's coming to the to my head right now. Is the fact that Dallas beat Colorado. Yeah, that's honestly, that's that's a really good point to make. I, I, I'm blown away that that actually happened. Like, how do you think this would have gone if Colorado was playing Tampa? If Colorado was healthy during Dallas and beat Dallas and had all their players, all their players, all their lineup, and face Tampa, I think that would have been an incredible series. It would have been a much better series, I Much think. better series from a fan I, perspective. Because I think you're right. I don't, like, not to jab at Dallas players. Like, I'm literally wearing yeah. the hat. <laughs> I don't think Dallas deserved to be there. Like, they were definitely outclassed in every way. Yes. And they had injuries, which didn't help. But going into that series, I mean, even if you look at the predictions on Discord, it was pretty one-sided who thought everyone thought was going to win every game. Yep, every single game. Even near the end when Dallas yep. was ready to put the nail in the coffin. Yep. People were still picking Colorado. Yeah. So that just showed you the lack of confidence in, in Dallas or the trust that people had in Colorado. But they just yeah. had too many injuries and too many significant injuries. Yeah. So maybe another year. Uh, it's not like Colorado is going to be worse next year no. or something. They will be probably better <laughs> next year. So uh, Colorado fans can't be too upset because no. their, their team's looking pretty good. Yeah. Let's get into this Damian Cox tweet because I never heard it until I seen it in the notes. But I think it's a perfect opening to talk about the bubble. Yeah, I, I'm I, I, I'm kind of surprised it wasn't more talked about, but I just randomly came across it on Twitter. Damian Cox is a huge contrarian. Like, yes. He used to be on the TSN or T yeah, TSN. Sportsnet radio. He was on TSN radio, but he then was. he switched to Sportsnet. Yeah. And he'd be on with primetime with Bob McCowan. And he came and went and came and went. And he always took the unpopular opinion. Yep. He was just that guy. Yeah. He and it's just like, 
why are you being like this? Like, do you just want people to hate you? I know. So I don't know if he's just trying to stir up conversation or get his name out there or he wants his 15 minutes, but this is a dumb take. I, it's it's so stupid. I, I, I think there are people who just like to argue. Yes. And don't even care. You know people like that? I know people like yeah, that. I know people like that. And who just want to be, I don't know if they want to be polarizing and just stand out. I don't think that's the case. I just think that they like having the opposite opinion, regardless of what it is, and they will argue it to the death. And it rubs people the wrong way. When I don't. Like I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're socially aware that it's making people hate them. Yeah. Or dislike them. Like, I'm not saying you can't have your own opinion. Like that's fine. Everyone's entitled to have an opinion and try to share that opinion and try yes. to like. Like conversation is good. Like you can sway an opinion, but. When your take is just so dumb, it's just like, <laughs> like face bomb. Like, what are you doing right now? Exactly. So, uh, so, he, so Damien Cox is a very well-known journalist in Canada. Yep. You may have not heard of him in the United States. And most of our viewers are from the United States. Yeah. But Damien Cox is a very well-known sports journalist. Yep. Worked for, he used to work in a paper for Toronto Star. He's part of their sports thing. Yep. And then he worked for both TSN and Sportsnet. Exactly. So here's what he tweeted out. He said, not as difficult to win a cup when there's no road games, no travel. Still a difficult thing to win to win it all. Tampa gave lots of sweat and blood to make this happen, but let's not compare bubble hockey to the real thing. That's so ridiculous. With the real thing. When yeah. literally everyone else is saying this is probably the hardest cup to win. Yeah. Because of like all the external factors. Exactly. And then something incredible happened. Yes. An NHL player quoted a tweet and had something to say of his own. And not just any NHL player, a Stanley Cup winning NHL player. Barkley Goudreau of the Tampa Bay Lightning quoted Damien Sweet and said, you try going through what we went through, not seeing our families for months, living in a hotel for 60 plus days, 24 teams that had a chance, no home advantage for either team, but hey, say what you want. Very well said by Barkley Goudreau. This uh, is where a normal person would STFU and say, okay, I'm wrong. Yes. They were there. They did it. I'm just a dude on the side. But no. Exactly. What does he say now? Damien quoted Goudreau's tweet and said, no one said it was easy. Hockey history just tells us uh, not the same as the traditional playoff grind, which, by the way, also includes extended time away from family and multiple hotel stays. This year is just a different challenge. Congrats for uh, for being part of the group that got the job done. <laughs> so I would say he backpedaled like just yeah. 1%. Yeah. But still stayed true to his original yeah. uh, comment. Now... With Tampa winning, technically it isn't as hard as it could have been because they did not have to win their playing series. They didn't have a playing series. They That's just played. Correct. So if Dallas would have won, technically it would have been harder. But still, they still played more games in this playoff than they regularly w- would have. And not only did they play more games, they played a lot of overtime. Yes. So the the amount of hockey that Tampa Bay specifically, like specifically Tampa Bay played, just in time on ice, is so far on, uh, above and beyond normal playoff hockey it's it's really it just makes him his his comment look worse he says extended time away from family you still have home games yeah you still have home games like sure you go away for two you come back for one or two yeah you get to sleep in your own bed when yes. you're home like it's not the same like and i have quotes later about this but it's it's stressful for the players too right like they're, they're in a lot of stress and Maybe having their family at home helps them unwind, like mm-hmm. talking to their wives or talking to their kids or whatever. just chills them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any of that for two months. None of that. Do you think that he's saying this because this is kind of what he's known for and this is where he 
this is what got him maybe into the spots because he causes those controversial I'm, conversations. I'm going to say yes because, like like I said right off the start, I think he's just a contrarian. He yeah. always has this point of view with almost everything. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's on the, what's that award they called? Uh, what's the award they give out in Canada for the sports oh, athlete of the year? It's always this uh, big thing. Um, it's, it is it is a really important award. I can't remember who get. I yeah, can't remember what it's called. But anyway, he'll go into one of those and it will be a slam dunk of who it is. And he'll still argue to the death for someone else just so that that other person gets their credit. That's really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So uh, not a big fan of Damien Cox. Never really was. I was always on no. the fence with him. Like I didn't like him, didn't dislike him. But after that tweet, I just. I preferred. Go like away. when he was on the, sp- the sports radios, I preferred when he was not there to when he was there. Yeah. Well. That leads us into the next. Okay, so I have a massive load of notes over this article. And I don't know anything about this. Which is good because I want to, this is kind of good. So there was not allowed to be independent media inside the bubble, right? So you couldn't have independent journals in there reporting what was happening because they didn't want that information getting out. That's correct. Which is kind of weird. And Gary Bettman, the only reason I knew about this story is because Gary Bettman made comments kind of throwing shade at this story. Oh, and saying like would be journalists or whatever when Emily Kaplan is actually a very good journalist and absolutely Greg Wyshynski helped author this. So it's it's an ESPN article called NHL Bubble Confidential. I'm going to go through literally like half the article. I have a ton of notes. There's a lot of stuff I'm going to leave out. I highly recommend if this stuff interests you, you go check it out. And maybe I'll put a link in the description on YouTube for it. Mm. So ESPN also has this quest for the cup series where you get to see behind the scenes videos um, right. from what's going on in the bubble. That stuff is like heavily edited and heavily controlled by the NHL with what gets out. Mm. So it's kind of like watching a reality TV show. You're seeing one thing, but maybe that's not necessarily what's happening. It's just being spinned a certain way. Totally. So for the most part, we don't know what's going on in there. It's like we've seen pictures of condoms on the ground. Yeah, we've seen, <laughs> we've seen, you know, Washington look like they were having a big party in a pool on their Instagram. Yeah, we haven't really seen anything. It's just bits and pieces of stuff. And so, I don't think we know everything. Like I'm, I, I don't know what's coming. Okay, I know you're gonna tell me some things, but even after all this, I think there's still things we're gonna find out. Oh yes, because this is only nine players that were interviewed. Okay, so and we don't know those nine players, correct? That's the only thing I that's do. That's right. Know. So five Western teams or five Western players and four Eastern players were picked to be part of this story, and they had to be anonymous. So okay. we'll never know who these players were. But which is fine, which is care. good because that's how you get the information. Yep. So um, they were asked things of what life was really like in the bubble from playing to empty buildings and being trapped in hotels, food, drinking, drugs, like literally everything. They asked them about sex. They asked them about everything. This is gonna and, get, they, and they this answered everything. <laughs> so uh, let me I'm going to switch to this. I know for the camera's sake, it looks better if I'm looking over here, but uh, okay. I got to go with my right hand because there's yep. a million notes here. Okay, so here's a quote from Western Player. We love playing this sport, and I don't think there's one guy who wasn't appreciative for the chance to win the Cup this summer. But also, I don't think a lot of fans realize what an emotional toll the bubble took on some guys. The isolation, the grind, being away from our families and loved ones during a really stressful time to begin with. To be honest, after the first few days, I noticed a lot of guys were more down than they usually are. Some guys were legitimately sad. It's not easy easy living like that for two months. Mm -hmm. So that just shows you right off the bat that it's not all fun and games in this bumble, bu- bumble in this bubble for these players. <laughs> well, I think a lot of times fans forget that uh, hockey players are human as well. Yes, they're, they're, we're all people. I they're think people. I think fans think forget that all the time. Yes, absolutely. It's like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you going? Why would you do that? Why like? And then you find out, oh, this guy had a groin injury and a elbow injury and a knee injury, and he mm. physically couldn't do that. Like you know, <laughs> examples like that. Yeah, totally. Um, so there's one thing that all players said 
Uh, it was that they, it, ooh, English. It was that they felt safe because there was people constantly checking their credentials, um, and there was a lot of mask police. That was the quote they used. Mask so literally, police. people hired just to stand around, literally everywhere, and make sure people had their masks on at all times. Jeez, I wish there were some of those in Costco and some of the places that actually like require masks. When I was in there yesterday, I, you have to wear a mask to win Costco. Not anymore. Really? Yep. Not same with Walmart shoppers. They it's not they step back. It's not enforceable by law, so they cannot make. Customers do that because oh. people complain, so they had to remove those signs. Oh, wow. No way. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so some players said they understood um, the vigilance to wear a mask. Um, they said that it gives a bad image if they have their picture taken walking around and they're not wearing it. And like a kid at home sees that and says, yes. oh, well, Austin Matthews isn't wearing his mask. I don't need to wear mine. So they understood from that. But um, some players said they felt like the, the whole environment made them feel claustrophobic. Like, like the security, the mask, just people everywhere. They're not allowed mm. to leave. That's understandable. So here's a quote from one of the players. He says, that fence that boxed us, boxed us in, that made you feel like you were in some kind of prison, like an animal. Just the feeling of it. There's no other way to separate you from the outside world in a safe way, but it was an eye opener when guys pulled up to the hotel. I almost felt too secure. With the fences they put up, there was no way anyone was getting in or out. And that was a concern that I think we had too, was like, who's going to be that one guy that's dumb and goes out and tries oh, to I like... Know. Pick someone up and I maybe, for sure maybe that, that would like everybody did. And I thought for sure there'd be cases and there was none. And and the players did say like because of the no no COVID cases that were found, it just shows that what they had worked. But yes. there was sacrifices to make it work. Totally. So, and yeah, he said if the goal was to finish the season and award the Stanley Cup, which it was, then yes, it was a su- success in that sense. Accommodations and fun, not even close. But again, that wasn't the goal of the whole thing. Which is true. It, it was a grind on purpose. Yep. Um, many of the players thought the NHL exaggerated about the comforts of life in the bowl and then quote, frankly, to get us all to agree to come out. So they gave them brochures and said, these are the things that are going to be available to you. These are what kind of foods, these are the activities you can do. And they made it look like, like a resort, like a resort. And then <laughs> when they got there, it, n- almost none of that was true, which is what a lot of players had, um, problems with. And uh, some of you guys are probably thinking, you know, these are multi-million dollar players that are going in there to win a cup for two, two months. Like yeah. boohoo. It's like, well, that, you know what? That doesn't really matter because, Let's say you're at a job and you make, I don't know, I mean, you say you make 50 grand or 60 grand. That's like, you know, middle class wage. But to someone that doesn't make anything or is in a different country, like you are well off and boohoo to you. Like, yes, that's Look correct. at me. So everyone has that lower tier opinion of the people above them. Absolutely. So I Very mean, good point. I mean, if 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 they're promised one thing and they don't get it, then they have a right to be mad regardless of how much money they're. Yeah, it's relative. Okay. Uh, where was I? Um... So here's what one Western Conference player said about it. He said, I would quote it as not as advertised. They gave us a proposal for Toronto, which was this booklet that circulated among my teammates. I was like, whoa, this is going to be actually really nice. And they had food trucks, restaurants, shops out in the middle of the street for us to go shopping. When we got there, the guys were like, where are the shops? Where are the outdoor team lounges? Yeah, none of that. It just felt like a lot of to a lot of players that they made all these promises to get us there and then didn't really follow through with them. And then they made it as hard as they possibly could to actually do these things. Hmm. Maybe it was just too soon in the planning and they ran into issues like, okay, if we bring in stores, that means we're going to have to bring in employees and the employees will have to be tested. Like yep. it's just, it's, it, maybe it might, it might have been a much. cost thing to keep the cost down. Maybe yes. it was just like, a, we don't want to chance anything now that we've got this going. Yeah. I feel like I got to sneeze and I hope I don't. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. Um, <laughs> so here's an interesting thing. This led to gossip among players in the bubble that some teams were getting benefits that others were not. Oh, really? And there's multiple situations where this pops up. One Eastern Conference veteran said there there was jealousy about which teams had access to roof decks and which teams had better spreads of food. Some teams like Florida really didn't have much in the way of this or that in the bubble. 
But Montreal, in their little practice area, had wraps and smoothies and everything ready to rock and roll. That's a team that's got some deep pockets. <laughs> so the teams controlled what their players got within the it bubble? It sounds like it. And it sounds like team owners that were in the hotel slash food business or had ties to it mm. ended up having better things for their That's team. really interesting. I never even thought about that. Like, that would drive me mad. You can pay me $8 million. It does not matter. Yeah. If we are all going in one thing together and one team is getting preferential treatment, yeah. that's going to irk me to no end. Yeah, you're a billionaire and you can't provide some good sandwiches or something? That's you're, right. Like, come on. Yeah, that would piss me off. So I thought that was super interesting. Here's another quote. There were times that I didn't go outside for four or five days. Wow. Western Conference player. Some teams had meeting rooms on balconies and those guys could go out there and get some sun. Other teams' rooms were in the middle of the hotel with no windows, no light. You're always in your room unless you go to the prison yard, which is a courtyard, but it was over an over an oval concrete slab with a freaking Tim Horton struck in the fence around it. You didn't get any fresh air at all. That's a quote. That's... It's extremely unfortunate. There should have been, I mean, I know it's hard, but there should have been some way where they could, every week, to, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. the conference rooms it's change. It's like, we're putting your team or, here. You have the top floor balconies. Yeah. You can go out there and look over the city. These guys here are stuck in the middle of the hotel. They don't mm, get any sunlight. Eating donuts. Like, I would have never thought about stuff like this. No, I didn't even like, think Like, I just would have, like, it wouldn't have clued into me. But if, if, if someone would have asked me about it, I'd be like, well, hopefully they're rotating equal yeah. treatment or they have... Yeah. If they have this room that gets this balcony, hopefully they have, you know, this many other rooms in this hotel because, you know, it's a giant hotel. And this is all really, I know we're not done yet, but this is really unfortunate because if this happens again, not to this level maybe, but if there's four separate bubbles or whatever going oh, into there's December, ta- January, there's talks about what the players think of a next bubble. Yeah, so I, I think this won't happen now based on some of these things that you're telling me. So many players noted in this interview process that they got irrationally excited to go on bus rides to the practice rinks. Quote, just to be able to look out the window and see the city, some sky, actual civilization. Uh, one Western Conference player said, I got amped up for a bus ride. How sad is that? <laughs> Dang. That is super intense. It's, that is pretty sad. That shows that you're not enjoying your time yeah, being locked in a hotel all day. you're looking forward day. to a bus ride? A bus ride to your practice rink. Oh, not good. Um, other things that the NHL overpromised underdelivered on were activities and excursions, such as playing golf and fly fishing. Uh, quote, they promised us excursions. Oh, we're going to have fly fishing and golf, a golf course just for us. We can go whenever we want. And we heard about that. Yes. We heard there we was going to be that. specific golf courses that were just locked away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the field one time. It was a fight to even golf once. And please let me know if you talk to anyone who went fly fishing. Oh, wow. And one of the quotes I didn't put in here was, the brochure had a guy fly fishing in mountains, and then the player was said, the mountains are three hours away. What guy is getting a three-hour trip to the mountains to go do that trip? Yeah, exactly. Eh? That's wild. Um, NHL players also thought there was a huge bait-and-switch with regarding to the families being able to join the bubble after by the conference yeah. finals. And this was one that... We knew about this yeah. as things were ongoing. Um, the quote was, I think they just didn't want to risk the bubble being broken by a random person being brought in and risking it. Uh, but it felt like they promised that and then pulled it away. And then... The NHL's approach to families in the bubble was a st- in stark contrast to that of the NBA in the in Orlando, Florida bubble. Mm-hmm. And then the player uh, with another quote said, I saw the NBA had a school provided for their players and their kids. And I was like, are you kidding me? Why didn't we think of this? And we should have offered that too. That's actually a really good so idea. You could have had the families in. You could have had schooling done for them. Yeah. I mean, that's a big cost. That's still. really cool that the NBA did that. Absolutely. I, I didn't know they did that. I didn't know either. And then this is where I, the article still had half 
to go, and I just pulled out a couple of bubble points. So if okay. you want to find out more, like there's way more, um, go check out the article. But here's the last couple of things. So here's just like bullet points. So players had access to drugs in the forms of gummies and weed. How's that even? Because it's legal in Canada. I guess, but I, I thought that that would have gone so, gone against the... Apparently, they were allowed to eat them in their room. And that's where... Well, apparently, they were allowed to eat them anywhere, but they, the player quotes were, most players just did it in their room. I mean, I, I, weed's not really a performance-enhancing drug, but still, <laughs> no. I thought it would have been off the list of... Or on the list of things that players couldn't do. Nope. So, players could order beer and wine from the concierge service and have it delivered. So, that's what, they, that's what the quote said was basically you drank beer and ate gummies. <laughs> To pass the time in your room. Wow. So that's intense. Um, sex was basically non-existent. Uh, everyone that was asked about it said, nope. Uh, and nobody wanted to get caught trying to leave the bubble. And that's Which what makes people, they were talking amongst each other saying, like, this ain't worth it. Yeah. Um, some team had access to better food than others, which I kind of mentioned. And this is like, in addition to other things, um, like when the meal prep was going around. Right. Like, some teams just got better stuff. And that was based on, like we said, what the owner's... Hmm. I guess, which I don't understand. I would have thought the owners would have had nothing to do with that. Yeah, I would have assumed that the NHL would take care of all of that. Yeah. Um, players said it was awkward to share hotel and see players from the other team. Yeah. I, like They were like elevator rides and stuff. Super awkward. Like you just wanted to rip a guy's head off, but you just like a lot of no eye contact was, <laughs> I guess, the quote that was going out. <laughs> which, yeah, that's real awkward. <laughs> Super awkward. Can you imagine you get into a big fight and you're like, you lose a crappy game and you're all mad and then bing and there's the... Yeah. Let's go get some food. Okay. Ding. <laughs> Jeez. Um, players felt like playing on the ice without fans in the bubble had a very minor hockey feel to it. Most uh, of them said they did not like it. They said it looked good on TV, but it felt very minor hockey. It was hard to get going. Yeah. Um, and it was hard to get going. Yeah. It's That seems like a very minor comment compared to everything <laughs> yeah. else. There was a lot of quotes about the get going. Like, I should have put some of those in, but if you do read the article, you'll read like a couple paragraphs of how hard it was for players to get jacked up for games and stuff. Mm. So it was actually a struggle. Now, regarding the next year, they said some players said they would join the bubble for next season's playoffs only if it was absolutely necessary, but they would be very hesitant to accept it quickly. Yeah, the NHL would have to absolutely commit. And most of them said that they would not because they said the regular season cannot happen in bubbles. Yes. And if it's good enough to play the regular season without bubbles, then we're playing the playoffs without bubbles. That was their opinion. And then the other group was, I will do it, but I'll be super hesitant and changes need to be made. Yeah, NHL needs to commit to, like, if they're going to do something, they need to do it. So, uh, I don't... Now, mind you, this was all put together relatively quickly. Correct. It like was. They, they hammered out the details, like, it was within a month, and then... Yes. So, they have all this time for contingency plans now, and they, that has to be a realistic plan now. Like, I know they don't want to do it, and I don't think it will happen, but they still have to plan for it. I don't think a regular NHL season is happening. I think... Um, as far as travel and, and stuff. Well, we already have the quote saying that up to 50% of revenues come from ticket sales. Yes. So if there's going to be no fans, there's going to be no hockey. That's, yeah. what, that's my prediction. So I agree. They're going to want to have at least some fans in the rink. I don't know how that's going to go in Canada. I think the states are obviously yeah. more forgiving just based on what we're seeing down there, like for, for baseball and, and football. I don't think you can do that up here. So no, I don't you know can't. how you can say, you know, these 20 some teams can have fans, but all the Canadian teams can't. And then let's go. Yeah. I mean, there's still revenue sharing, but still it's. Yeah. And I mean, some of your biggest paid teams are in Canada. Yes. I mean, Toronto, Toronto Montreal, Montreal. Like, like, yeah. Edmonton now. Yep. So it's tough. I don't know. I, I, 
Are we uh, going to end up seeing a, a, a no NHL season? I don't think we're going to see no, but I think it's going to be super delayed. Do you think there's a date by which they have to start playing? Yes, mid-February. Yeah, like they can't just keep going and pushing it back. Eventually, it's going to yeah. cause a problem. Because I remember back in, I think it was 2012, 13, whatever season there was a half lockout. I believe they started playing in February and they only played... I don't know, 60 games or 49 games or whatever it was, or 48 games. And they were still able to have a regular season based on just a reduction of games and regular playoffs. So I think there's time, Mm -hmm. but it's still, it's not just about the amount of games being played in the regular season. It's the regulations, the borders. Yep. Like there's so many things. Yep. I I wonder if they're going to can the regular season and do like a World Cup hockey style tournament. Of all 31 teams. That'd be intense. Like you can, we have an odd team, so you can't really do brackets. Mm-hmm. But you could do some kind of pools, like they do in the Olympics, where every single team plays the exact same amount of games. And this could, like, in the Olympics, this happens in a week and a half or two weeks. And then you move on to the next round or whatever. They could still do it. And this would require a bubble as well. In eight different bubbles around whatever, they could still do it. But this could happen over two months or two and a half months of a regular season or the, the pool pool play. <laughs> and okay, then, there's a quote. And then pool play. And then you go on to the next, just like the Olympics, you go on to the, the next round and then things kind of progress into like a playoff format after that. That's intense. But it that, could, that might be too weird for the Gary Bettman. I don't know. But if it works in the Olympics, it's just a, it's just an expanded version yep. of what happens in the Olympics. The odd number of teams is mm-hmm. the issue because one pool hypothetically is going to have more teams than another. So I don't know how they yeah. combat that. So what happens if what happens if the owners want to pull the plug and say, like, listen, if we have no fans in the stands, we're losing too much money. If the they owners- already signed, they already signed the contract, right? They signed the CBA just yes. like a few months ago or whatever, like a couple months ago now. Yep. So everything's set. the The salary cap is what it is, eighty one point five or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if they get no ticket sales, they can't afford to run their business like that. That's correct. So they would effectively be losing. So if if the NHL pulls the plug on the season, do the players still get paid? I think yes, because they have insurance. All the players have insurance on their contracts and stuff. But it wouldn't be the teams playing them; it would be their insurance. It would be the insurance. Companies. And then the insurance for the NHL or the teams would go way up because Correct. they just had to make, do a massive payout. Correct. Same as a car accident. So that's interesting. I wonder what's going to happen there. I th- I mean, teams right now are making, we have, we'll get into it in a little bit, but teams are still making, uh, are still signing players. Yep. Still uh, buying out players and yep. waving players. Like everything that's happening now. It seems normal-ish. It leads us to believe that the owners expect hockey to be played. Yep. But if the owners don't want to play hockey, it doesn't matter what the NHL players say. It doesn't even really matter what Gary Bettman says. The owners control everything. Well, there, from what it sounds like, is Gary Bettman's thinking there's going to be fans in the stands. Not mm-hmm. full, but partial. But what if there's not? Like, What if that changes? Like like I said in our example, what if Canada's not allowed to have them and the States is? Are they just going to go ahead with that? That's super unfair to the Canadian organizations. I don't think that's changing in Canada. In the United States, we did see fans in the American Airlines Center. Remember, mm-hmm. we talked about that. Yep. Maybe last podcast or the previous podcast. I mean, the same with the football stadium stuff. There's still fans going to games. Correct. And, but 
the election, the United, the United States election is in 30 days or whatever it is. If Biden wins and decides to change regulations on COVID stuff yep. of how many people are kind of like in Canada, we could maybe not see any fans in stands or in, in arenas in the United States. That would be interesting. And that, if, that changes everything. That would be interesting if the season started and fans were allowed to go or at least partial fans. And then they were told, no. Yeah, that's, um, <coughs> I don't know. That's, <laughs> it seems weird to, we're talking about it so far in advance. But back when this all started, it seemed we, we were talking about it. We were way off on like the the more restrictive end. We were like, uh, it might get to this. It might get to no fans. Yeah. And it's like whoosh, way past that. We talked about the bubble. Nothing is unrealistic at this point. No, we talked about a bubble almost as a joke originally. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, even, like it, and it wasn't even really a bubble. It, it was, but we weren't calling it that. We we're just like, put everyone in the middle of nowhere up in Canada and just leave them there and get it done, yeah. which is effectively what we did, just not in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. So, and we kind of talked about that, like as a joke, but, and I'm kind of talking about that tournament that we just talked about, I kind of as a joke. They're going to have to look at every option. But is that a realistic? Like, what are we, what are we going to be talking about in six months? That's the, like, and, and if there's no, if there's a delayed NHL season, how does, like, I think about other people, not just the players, but the refs. Do the refs have insurance on? I would assume like, everyone at this level has some sort of insurance. Yeah, and like the coaches, and like every all the team staff, like that's a lot of people. Like the arena staff and stuff. And the, yes, the arena staff, because that's not on the NHL's dime. That'd be a really interesting thing for the people that are listening on YouTube to leave a comment and just what you predict for next year. Like, do you think it's going to be delayed? Yeah. Do you think it's not going to happen? Do you think? fans are going to be in do you think certain restrictions like what kind of format like it could go anywhere like there's so many options this is almost like video worthy like what, what's what, <laughs> like make a prediction what's going to happen yeah what's going to happen and then ask a bunch of different people who have a whole bunch of different opinions because and the crazy thing is there's not really any bad ideas because this is such a ridiculous Ex situation exactly right? like this was the one-off year well guess what next year may also be another one-off year yes exactly and if you i mean there there are ridiculous ideas. Like if you say everyone should fly to the moon and play hockey on the moon, obviously that's <laughs> not going to happen. But mm -hmm. within reason, there's not really any bad ideas. Like the NHL and the NBA are lucky that their seasons were almost done when this really hit. Oh, absolutely. Like if this would have been like as they were starting up, that would have been the end of the season. If this hit in December instead of March. It would have been the end of the I season. I think they would just they would have canned it. Totally. For sure. Which. Because you can't have a playoff with two or three months of play or two months of play. It's almost a blessing in disguise though, that it did happen in March and not December because they were able to do this bubble, which yep. I mean, there's good and bad, but they proved that it worked. Yeah. It proved that they can pull off something where no one gets COVID-19 mm -hmm. of the 40,000 or 50,000 plus cases or just tests that they did. Uh, and we awarded a Stanley Cup winner, which was the ultimate goal. Yep. So the blessing in disguise, we went through some crap, but we proved that we could do it if we really wanted to. So, and they were the first league to do it. And yes, and they were the first league to do it successfully. Yep. And there's ongoing stuff with other leagues, and I mean, there's the whole teams that are struggling, yes. and there's like NFL right now. Baseball's had its problems. Yeah. The NBA and NHL with their bubbles because they're both in playoffs have had an advantage that way. Do you think the NHL players would rather be in a different sport where things are a little bit more lax, but Random players are getting COVID-19. No, stuff. I don't think so. They would take the bubble any day of the week. Yeah. Bit. Like, that's what I would I would recap to say, like, you know, all the stuff they went through, which sucks and could irk them. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, they can look back and say, well, I didn't get sick. And they they handed the cup out. Yeah, I so, didn't get sick. My family wasn't There were things I didn't like, but 
I'm okay with it. For sure. And what if, I mean, what if their families did come in and they got sick? They would feel terrible. Some of their Canadian families were allowed in. Did you notice that? Like there was wives in the stands for I some people. That. Yes. It was or just, Am- wife was it was just American yep. families weren't allowed to come up. Yeah. As per the government. Which is frustrating, I guess, as an American family. It doesn't sound like that, that border closure is going anywhere. Heck no. So it's going to make for an interesting, like we're in October now. This is October 4th. This is my 12 year anniversary today, by the way. Congratulations. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, so they wanted to start December 1st. I just can't see that happen. That's less than two months away. It's not happening. Um, There's no way. Some players have been told that they have to get ready for a potential return for training camp on November 15th. I don't know if I see that happening either. That's like a month and a half away. That's going to come so soon. That's not happening. That's what they've been told. That's not happening. There's no way. Yep. That's a quote. Um, Not that it matters, but you had the guy's name on here. Eh, whatever. I'm not worried about it. One yeah. of the guys you had in that was re-signed, he, uh, Jerry, Tristan Jerry, he's the one who said oh, that. Wow. He's been told to report for November 15th. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. It just seems like it's too close. It's technically less than two months away. It is less than two months away. I don't think they're hitting that date. I think the most realistic date now is January. Like, I think that's what they're aiming for. And I think I'm with you. Like, I can't see it happening after February unless they're reducing the amount of games they play. Like, I'm a hockey fan, obviously. I want to talk about hockey. I want to do the podcast every Sunday next season and stuff. But I would almost rather them not do the regular season unless it was done properly. And I don't mean... I don't mean by that a regular, regular season where teams are traveling around to every other city. I just mean where it works for the fans, it works for the NHL, Mm -hmm. and it works for the players and the owners. Whatever that means, Mm -hmm. it it should work for everyone. I don't want anyone to be, I don't want the players to not see their families for five months or something. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. And it's not going to happen. So it's got to work for everyone. Yeah, And I think the fans are the least important people. Yes. They're the most important and least important. They're the most important financially. They're the reason that it exists. Yes. But they have to take the backseat here over everything else. Exactly. And I think we should do that as fans. We've watched hockey for decades and decades and decades without any real issues. A couple of lockouts, Mm -hmm. obviously frustrating, but I think we can take a backseat because these are humans. Yep. These these players are humans. They're people. And uh, if they need more time to figure stuff out and don't want to play right away, they should have that right. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with taking a backseat. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that, that sums up our opinion of the bubble. Pretty much wrap, that was, that was a up. long conversation actually with the bubble. Yeah. And when news does get released, maybe in a couple of months, uh, we'll make a video about it or something. We'll mm-hmm. talk about the news, maybe not in a podcast form, but in a yep. regular video on my channel. But all right. Well, I guess what's, guess what's happening this week. The draft. Heck yeah. The draft is happening um, October 6th at 7 p.m., which is Tuesday. Do you see that the New York Rangers have not guaranteed they're going to pick him? Are they told to say that just to create hype? Um, I think 50% of it could be that. The other 50% could be that they're considering trading it. There's no way they're trading that. But There's they, no way. They can't afford. I will eat and that hat if they trade that number one That's pick. my hat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They can't afford to pay Lafiniere and everyone else on the team, I think, in four or five years. But they could run him for the first couple of years of his entry and then move him. They could. Unless they think he's going to decline and not be as good of a player. But the return that they could get back on him now would be, I think, greater. But just think, they have a young team. Like, this would be an, an 
an epic addition. But I think that's why they have a young team. They could bring in some veteran people who are in their mid to late twenties, veterans in their mid twenties, you know, in mm-hmm. mid to late twenties who have, have some experience to help the young team right now can really contribute get some actual depth in the organization. I don't know. What would you do? I would, I would take the pick. Yeah, me too. I to, every day of the week. Yeah. What are the, what are the chances? If you gave a percentage, what are the chances that they give the pick away? Or uh, they trade it? Probably 10 to 15%. Yeah. I'd say it's pretty I think low. It's low. It, it would, it would take an, a massive package mm-hmm. from a team. And I don't think, Especially in this year, I don't think teams are prepared to was go it, big like that. Was it Patrick Waugh who was running the Avalanche when they picked up McKinnon and they were like way in advance, like no, we're taking McKinnon, like way before the draft even happened. Was that him? Um, I can't remember. I don't. That Some, ring someone did that. There was there was a person that said who they were picking well before the draft even happened. Like no, we're taking. Mm, McKinnon. It definitely wasn't New Jersey with. I think it was McKinnon, and uh, I think it was Patrick Waugh. I mean, I might be wrong with that, but yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, uh, rounds two and seven will take place on October 7th. And sorry, uh, first round draft takes place on October 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I am going to try and live stream this on my channel. Oh, snap. Uh, so join if you'd like. Round two to seven will take place on October 7th, which is the following day at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be at work, so I definitely will be live streaming that. And I wouldn't anyway because Who cares no festival draft, but yeah. I don't really care if two to seven. Uh, so here are the official... This is the official draft order. You want to leave, you read one to fifteen, and I'll read. All right, sixteen to thirty. New York Rangers number one, then the Los Angeles Kings. Ottawa Senators have their pick from the San Jose trade. Uh, Detroit, then Ottawa has their own pick, so <laughs> Ottawa has two in the top five, as everyone remembers. Yeah. Um, Anaheim Ducks, New Jersey Devils, Buffalo Sabers in eighth, Minnesota Wild, Winnipeg Jets at tenth, Nashville Predators, Florida Panthers, um, Carolina. Hurricanes get their pick from Toronto at 13. Which was the Marlowe yep. thing, I think. That's rough. <laughs> um, Edmonton Oilers at 14. And then Toronto Maple Leafs do get back in with a first-round pick thanks to that trade with Pittsburgh. With Pittsburgh, yeah. <laughs> they did not have one prior to that trade. Exactly. Uh, Montreal Canadiens in 16th. Uh, Chicago in 17th. The Devils in 18th. And that pick comes from the Arizona Coyotes. And 19th is the Flames. Uh, New Jersey has another pick at 20. And that comes... From the Tampa Bay Lightning via the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> yep. This gets real complicated. Yep. Uh, and the Jackets have the 21st pick. The Rangers have another pick, and that's from Carolina in 22nd. Uh, 23rd is, is the Flyers. 24th is the Capitals. 25th is the Avalanche. 26th is the Blues. 27th is the Ducks again, and that's from the Boston Bruins. Uh, 28th is the Senators again, and that's from the New York Islanders. So the Ottawa Senators have three picks in the first round. I can't remember the last team to do that. I think it was Vegas. Totally. Because they got Suzuki. They traded. They got a ton of first picks with all their dealings. Someone else. Um, yeah, so Ottawa Centers in 28th. Uh, Gold Knights in 29th. Dallas Stars in 30th. And the San Jose Sharks in 31st, which comes from the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that's that's the order. I'm I'm excited, but I'm kind of not at the same time. Supposedly it's a good draft. It's Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the players, but I mean... I mean, the Montreal Canadiens are my favorite team. It's supposed to happen in Montreal. Lafreniere, not happening at 16. It's not, <laughs> it is not happening. Uh, no, not happening. Contract news. Hold up. Before we get into this, did you see that the Quebec city mayor put out a tweet uh, yesterday or today? No, I did not. And he said that he's trying to find out what the NHL finances are, and he's making calls. Trying to <laughs> find out what, what their finances are? Yeah. Like What's that even mean? He's trying to figure out how much money they're... 
they're dealing with and he's making calls. How much money? Implying like, hey, I've got a whack of cash if you give me a team. Oh. How bad are you guys doing right now? Here's 600 and some million if you give me a team. What did Seattle pay 650? Well, they wouldn't get a new team. They'd have to have a, a team move there. Right. So he, it sounds like he's just chumming the waters a bit. But the implication is like, hey, we've got some money here if you put a team here. Like, how bad are you guys off? We're willing to fork a little dough into this big pot of gold. I wonder if they could do a temporary team. <laughs> There's no way. Plus, NHL is going to want less teams in Canada, depending on what's going to happen next year, not more. But I thought that was interesting. I don't know if he's just out there trolling. But if there was a team in Quebec... That would go well with my theory yes. of the divisions. Yes, it would be eight. <laughs> there would be eight in Canada. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's that's interesting. Anyway, back uh, to contract yeah, news. Contract news. So the Philadelphia Flyers signed Robert Hag to a contract extension of two years worth $1.6 million per year. That's fair. That's d- definitely fair. Here's the sad news. The Rangers have announced that they are buying out the last year of Hendrik Lundqvist's, Hendrik Lundqvist's contract. And I noticed something extremely interesting on Cap Friendly. What's that? Next season, the Rangers have twelve million nine hundred and ninety-four thousand, twelve million nine hundred ninety-four thousand four hundred and forty-four dollars just in buyouts against their cap. Ooh, like that's huge. That's a lot. It is, and here's how that breaks down: Lundqvist at five point five, Shattenkirk at six point zero eight three, uh, Ryan Spooner at three hundred k, and Jan Dan Girardi at one point one million. That's a lot of players to have, like. I understand they went through a little bit of a rebuild thing, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just odd to see yep. over $12 million in bios, but totally that gets better the next year, but the, this upcoming season is, is a little rough on the books. The Winnipeg Jets have signed goaltender uh, Laurent Brassois to a one-year contract worth 1.5. Man, I think that's a stellar, that's a stellar contract. You look at a team like... 1.5 is pretty cheap. Like Montreal. Yep. Paying carry price 10.5, and then yep. you just sign Jake Allen, or you have Jake Allen at four, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Jets are over there paying Brossois uh, at 1.5. Heck yeah. Uh, the Vegas Gold Knights have signed Robin Leonard to a five-year contract extension worth $25 million. Big deal. Uh, big deal. Five, $5 million average per year on the on the uh, cap. And he's super pumped to be there, too. He put out a big tweet about having a home yeah, and really thrilled. appreciate it. Yeah, 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 he finally has some stability. He's super pumped. Uh, that, that contract does have a modified no-trade clause yep. with it. And we knew this was coming. This was announced, I think, a month and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> as a rumor, but yeah. it was almost confirmed. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers have signed Bill Elliott to a contract extension worth $1.5 million for one year. Totally fine with that. That's a great backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins have re-signed goaltender uh, Tristan Jari to a three-year contract worth $3.5 million per year. Uh, that's That also means someone's out the door. I think that means someone's potentially out the door. We'll get into that. Uh, Grabner has been waived by the Coyotes with the intention of buying it out. Yep. Buying him out. So... I, I did question that move a little bit when they made it and bringing him in there, but yeah, it just didn't work out, unfortunately. But anyways, rumors. Do you want to know some rumors? Yeah. I put the first one. In. You want me to read the first one? Yes. That's new. So Elliot Friedman has stated the Coyotes have asked Oliver Ekman Larson to expand the teams on his no trade list. Currently, he has Vancouver and Boston. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, he has said no. Those are the only two teams he will go to. Wow. Really? So Arizona, the organization likes the prospects in Boston's pool better than Vancouver. But mm. Vancouver is pushing harder because they want the player more. Boston has Tory Krug. He's going to go to free agency. He's the kind of their go-back-to plan if 
Like, if we don't get Oliver Ekman Larson, we'll go after Krug again. Yeah. Vancouver is like, no, we want we want him now. We want him and Hughes. We want that oh, left man. defense locked up for however many years. Yeah, that would be awesome in Vancouver. So that's what's going on right now with that. And who knows? In four days could be all different. But Now, as a Bruins fan, how do you feel about... I'm okay with that. You okay with that? Sure. I think he would look very strange in a, in a Bruins. There's uniform. a lot of rumors about Boston going after a lot of big players yes, right there is. now. And it's just like, <laughs> hey, it's not going to work. Like, we don't have money. Like, okay, this all sounds <laughs> great, but. Exactly. Uh, you added this next one too. Taylor Hall is reportedly open to any deal, including a one or two year uh, deal. Yep. He's, he's open to anything. With any team? Pretty much. It's just, as long as it's right. Oh, there goes the grumbles. <laughs> I did hear that. Uh, yeah, that's going to be an inter- interesting one to watch. Uh, there'll be so many. I think that storyline will go in so many directions. We won't know what's happening until it actually happens. Uh, the Empton Oilers are interested in Sergachev from the Lightning, which I think would be a really good addition to. Now, we know the Lightning can't hold on to everybody. Yes, they're having they're having issues. Yeah, we knew that going into this season when it started, like way back in 2019. Yeah, the general core of Lightning. Yeah, they can't afford to pay everyone. And especially now that you've won a cup. Exactly. Some players are just going to have to go. Exactly. So I think Sergeyev to the to the Oilers actually does make some sense, and it brings in some experience, even though he's really young, brings in some experience. Um, Elliot Friedman tweeted that San Jose is interested in Dubnik, which causes some controversy in the net in San Jose. And there are also rumors that if the shark that the Sharks could be interested in King Hendrick, Hendrick, Ooh. Hendrick. <laughs> so piggybacking off of that, if Dubnik goes to the Sharks, it's been rumored that the Wild will try very hard to bring Lundqvist in. Washington is also very interested. Yes, that's the news of today. Washington that's, is also Washington interested. Is, I think actually him going to Washington maybe makes the most sense of any team because Holpe, we don't know. Yep. We don't know. He's probably going, which means Washington will eventually need to get a backup because there's a lot of goaltenders that are going to be available. This is a big year for goalies. Yeah, like it kind of sucks for goalies because they're not going to get paid what they Thought they are going to get paid because there's so many of them. Saturated market. Big time saturated. Yeah. Uh, here's some news for you. The Boston Bruins have entered the Patrick Line 8 race. <laughs> now, the Canadians are apparently still one of the top runners for him, but Boston Bruins are making a play. How do you feel about this? Yeah, I don't really like Line 8. No offense. It's because he's not trustworthy. He's inconsistent. He's inconsistent. I, he has bad attitude, I find. Yeah. He gets down. He Sometimes if. I feel like he has low effort if things aren't going well. Yep, like I he agree. just he just shuts her down. I don't like that. That won't fly in the Boston room. Heck no. Hundred percent. Like the first day one, he'll learn that if first he does go there. Set him straight. Charles yeah. will definitely Charles will set, set him straight. straight. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, Boston's been rumored to be in on like a million big guys right now. So yeah. Uh, Dominic or sorry, what? Uh, Shattenkirk has the interest of of the uh, Flyers and Jets. Uh, Shattenkirk has become basically the new Dominic Moore of the NHL. He has continuously being tossed around by teams. Do, yep. you, know, do you know how many teams Dominic Moore has played? He for? played for a lot of teams. <laughs> It's at least 11. Yeah. It might be 12. Yep. I was going to make a wild guess of 13, but that was yeah, a little exaggerated. Like, Shattenkirk has played for, let's see, St. Louis, the Rangers, Tampa Bay, and potentially another team now or for next season, all within five years, I think. What do you think Maybe that says years? about a player? Because there's good and bad. The bad is that teams don't want to hold on to you. The good is that there's lots of interest to bring you in. So overall, I think I'd say it's a negative. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's definitely a negative. It, it's not a total negative, though, because there's still interest. Like players or coaches or GMs are seeing what you're doing and saying, hey, maybe with this guy. Yeah, I think his age has something to do with it. He's kind of on that yeah. that teeter-totter of what could, yeah. it could go really well, it could go really bad. 
depending on what happens in the next couple of years. So I think he's just his age has has a lot to do with that. Guess who else is in the news? The Boston Bruins. Again, they have interest in Tyler Toffoli. Of course they do. I, I don't I don't understand this one from a no. Toffoli perspective. Yep. But I do understand this one from Boston Bruins perspective. I think Toffoli could actually have some uh, a decent impact. I'll believe the, the Boston stuff when something happens. <laughs> I I think it's just <laughs> they're just getting their name out there. It's true. Like they don't have any money. Like where are you going to get this money to sign all these big players? Like I know, right? Uh, Dallas could be interested in Crawford, but he he still may sign with Chicago. So this one is kind of up in the air. Dallas also has to figure out the uh, Bishop uh, Kudobin situation yep. again. More goalie decisions that yep, need to take place. Oh yeah, and there's so many goalies. Like speaking of goalies. <laughs> Loads of teams are interested in Marc-Andre Fleury. Carolina, Toronto, Buffalo, Edmonton, and it's been reported that the Pittsburgh Penguins may also be interested. It is also possible that there could be a three-team trade because his cap hit is still $7 million for two years. Yes. Some teams can't do that. So they said it's very possible that you get traded to a team, they eat some salary, and then retrade him. We've seen that before. Yeah. Um, the Broussard from Ottawa to Pittsburgh deal was like that. Yes. And I think the Marlowe deal was, was the one. No, it wasn't. Sorry. I'm thinking of someone else. Who was that? It Do- doesn't matter. There's been a few in the past. Yeah. There's, there's definitely yeah. been a few. Um, okay. Let's see here. So, how, yeah. How do you feel about, about Flurry going back to Pittsburgh? I think it's impossible. I Literally think impossible. I think it's... I'll eat that hat. <laughs> That's my hat. <laughs> yep. I, I agree. I don't think it's going to happen. Nope. No. No. Uh, with Jerry being signed to a three-year contract and likely being their starter, that means Matt Murray is almost certainly going elsewhere. And then you added... Uh, Bruce Garrick on Twitter has shown interest. Or sh- <laughs> Bruce Garrick has... He's <laughs> reported that Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> have shown interest. Not Bruce, Bruce Garrick. Yeah, I'll take him on. Bruce Garrick is going to start a team in... in uh, yep. Quebec City. Yep. And his goal his goaltender is going to be Matt Murray. Yep. He has no other team yet, but or no other players. Okay. Uh the Montreal Canadiens are open to trading their first round pick. And this is not a rumor, this is actually fact. It is I mean, sure, if you got the middle pick, why not? Yeah, I don't think depending on what you get, why not put that out there? The thing about Montreal is they've got a lot of youth. A lot their their talent pool is pretty deep. Yep. So I think them trading that pick actually does make sense. Based on the position, like you said, middle pack, they need scoring now. They don't. They don't need scoring in four years. They need a hundred percent scoring now. So trade that pick. You'll get a trade that pick and a player return. and get something real good back. Yes, yeah, so get something real good. You want? You need like let's go for it, guys. So I'm hoping there. Uh, yeah. So anyways, that's all the rumors. That's pretty much all we get to say. That's all the hockey news. So you want to talk about our last little bullet that you put on here? Oh, it's. No, no, just the whole thing. I mean, sorry. Uh, the format. ASD. AKA all this. Yes. Okay, so Neil and I were talking. I think. We were talking. What do you mean we think we were about, talking? We were talking about this. Yeah. So what we think is we're going to change stuff up for the podcast for next year, like for the next season. So yes, we do have to visually fix our crap because we don't have our shelves anymore. Yeah, we'll be buying a new mixer, which will allow us to take calls more easily. Uh, we'll be- I do want to have more calls more guests yeah more guests because we did one with melody that was fun i love to do stuff like that yeah it was just, just complicated just like to make it easier to yes yeah, to, to, to manage um so we're gonna do stuff like that uh we're gonna enhance the set for you to make it a little more better we'll get back to doing the regular editing and all that stuff but um 
we're thinking maybe, and this is not set in stone, but it's not set in stone, but it's it's, it's pretty confirmed. It's highly likely that instead of just uploading the one hour video to YouTube, we're going to split it up. And I know that's annoying for people that watch on YouTube, but in terms of the YouTube algorithm, it doesn't help the channel mm-hmm. when you just have one video upload a week and it's an hour long. It doesn't get put into the suggested thing. It just makes it really hard for people to find the channel or to find it. Like our videos don't get suggested anywhere. Yes. Most people correct. that come here know about it from your channel. Yes. I guess. So yeah. we're going to try to just be a little more YouTube algorithm friendly. Um, so like if we have, let's say we have an hour long podcast, maybe we'll split it up into three or four videos and we'll focus on like big topics or something like that. And those topics or the titles of those videos will be more specific to what we're talking about. So that may help people find yeah, so if the channel easier. Like if we're talking about like, wow, I almost gave a really bad example. I'm glad I didn't say that. If we're talking about the new arena for the Islanders. You know what I was going to say? I was going to talking about if Wayne Gretzky dies. <laughs> what? That's what came to my head first. How bad is that? What are you talking about? Well, let's just about? say if that happened, like I hope it doesn't. Like hope that wasn't a premonition. No, it definitely Jeez. was not. But Let's just say something like that happens and it's thrown in a podcast like that would probably be the title of the podcast. So that's a bad example. But if something major happens, say, say there's like four major things happen to podcast. We can't put all four major things in the title. The title would be a paragraph long. Yes, that's the so problem you, we're So into. you can't find it by searching for it. It's just part of a thing. And then people want timestamps to find that specific thing. That's the other thing. People are asking for timestamps. Hey, can you put in timestamps? I don't have time to watch the whole thing. I just want to look at the specific conversations you're having. So we're going to split them up into the individual conversations. We're going to try to format them so those conversations are bigger and longer and they're more specific. Like we have a lot of work to do to make that be feasible. Like we understand, but it should make it easier for people to find what they want to find. Yes. If you do want to listen to the whole thing, um, it still will be added to the playlist. Like YouTube has playlists. So if you click on the first video of that playlist, it will start playing the ones after that. That's correct. So you will still be able to listen to them without having to actually click on the four different videos. They'll just play in order. That's right. And the, the entire podcast won't be uploaded in video format. Like these will be like the conversations will be split up into individual videos. Yeah. But you're not going to get the any funny talk or like. Yeah. Uh, like our preambles and outros are yeah. not going to be there anymore. So if. We, we want the podcast to actually be a podcast, which is audio format. Like that's what podcasts were created to be. Mm-hmm. So the audio format will not change at all. Nope. It'll always be uploaded. Straight start to finish. Yeah. Generally preamble at the first, then our actual hockey conversations, <laughs> and then our preamble at the end, and then end. And then YouTube end. will basically be the 90% of the middle of it. Yes. It would just be highlight videos yeah. of, of the podcast or whatever. So I think this... For the YouTube audience, the people who don't listen to podcasts and just watch on YouTube, this will really help them because you know what? If you don't want to listen to us talk about the New Islanders arena and you see that pop up as a highlight video, you can skip it. Yep. You're just not interested in the conversation. Not a big deal. The next highlight video that comes out, maybe we're talking about Eric Carlson getting traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it was like, wow, I want to listen to that. So Mm -hmm. boom, you watch that one. So you can kind of pick and choose what you watch, what you don't watch. And uh, like Jason said, it'll really help with the algorithm uh, as well because we, I mean, we talk about a lot in an hour and we can't put 30 things in the title of the video. That's right. So it's just, it's just impossible. So that, that is a, a change that almost certainly will be happening. And like, I do acknowledge that it kind of sucks for the people that watch on YouTube only. Like they want to just have that one video and they just listen or watch. Yes. Um, you can still listen on th- through like your phone and you can still go to like our actual podcast site yep. on your computer and listen to it. Totally. Um, I don't know. Maybe eventually down the road we can find a way where we can actually upload the full video after a while or I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. There's no way to really do that. Wow, my stomach has been growling since we've been starting. I was gonna say I heard that. I heard that growl. Um, but so yeah. we'll 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 figure it out. I mean, you can let us know what you think. You're probably not gonna like it, but we are trying to play the algorithm a little bit better because hmm. for like channel growth and stuff like that and to to find or to just to get more people that just enjoy listening to us which is kind of weird that there's people that like doing that anyway but <laughs> yeah. just in case there are more people out there it'd be nice to have more people just kind of find it organically yeah totally way, but and that helps us create more revenue for the podcast to do different things mm-hmm. like like i said we need to buy a new mixer uh we need to get some shelving and stuff like that so it's we do this for fun yep we do it regardless Yep. But it is kind of a mini business at the same time. So we have to make kind of decisions based on that and uh, based on the algorithm of, of YouTube. So that's all the news, basically, of our podcast. Yeah, that wraps up 2019, 2020. What's this last thing here? Oh, I didn't read it. I don't know why it's in there, but... Uh, oh, that was your... Okay, we're going to... That's supposed to be a different section. Yeah, it was, because you had... <laughs> I changed the order and then I <laughs> forgot to put that. It's okay. By the way, Vegas have a new gold jersey. Neil has a video about it. <laughs> I do. What do you think about it? I don't like it. Why don't you like it? Because it's too much gold. I agree. <laughs> I've heard conflicting reports because in my video I talked about if the gold is a regular jersey material, I'm fine with it. But if it's that flaky, have yeah. you felt the flaky stuff in the arm? If yeah. it's that material, I have huge issues. It I'm almost like cracks. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to be buying that jersey. Yeah. I've seen people report who have seen it in person, who say it's regular jersey material underneath, so you don't feel the itchiness. But I've also seen people report it's the same material, Ooh. and it's going to itch. So conflicting reports. I don't know what to tell you at this point. I need concrete video evidence proof. If you are listening from Vegas and you have one of these jerseys, please let me know. Please film yourself showing this jersey or just film the jersey itself. I need to, I need to hear the crinkle. <laughs> do, do a crinkle test. Uh, and yeah. I appreciate you. That's all I got to say. There we go. All right, Neil, for the last time this season, take us out. This concludes episode uh, 117 of the podcast. This concludes the 2019-2020 season of this podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Totally. Over the past couple of uh, months and and I guess the year. It's been almost a year. Um, We will be doing, I want to give them a, a little bit of a date on when we can when the next season of the podcast will start. But I guess we don't really know that. We won't know until there's news of what the regular season's going to do. I will say that it'll be early, or sorry, it'll be late November at the earliest. Yeah. So if we are predicting a mid-December start at the earliest and not a December first start, probably early December. If it gets delayed till January, we'll do one before Christmas, just kind of talking about stuff. So earliest, late November, latest mid-December just as a filler until the season starts mm-hmm. something like that anyways <laughs> or at least until there's enough news to be able to do a podcast consistently yeah frequently yeah, yeah. alright guys thanks for watching appreciate it hope you're having an awesome week hope you're watching the draft like I said I will be live streaming the draft on Tuesday if you want to come join it's going to be on the production channel I uh, would love it if you could come out and we could watch that together and have some fun and react to it and have some good conversations have a great weekend and we will catch you later adios <laughs>